If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone. It is caught. Jelani Woods. Touchdown. He's going to fire upfield. It's broken up. Tipped and up. intercepted by the Colts. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left. And the Colts are going to win. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. You're going to have to help us bring the energy on this one. Here we are back again. Not the topic we want to be talking about, but we press on and give you the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Welcome, everybody, to the official Colts podcast brought to you by Win Las Vegas. I'm Matt Taylor, always on YouTube with Bill Brooks and Lara Overton. We're also available on the traditional audio levels, if you will, on the Colts Audio Network, wherever you download your podcasts, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else. Uh, but guys, how are we doing today? I mean, what, what what is your energy level, Lara? I mean, you're always you always got that pep in your step, but maybe am I the person to start with now? But maybe no offense, but we're all a little bit uh, a little bit slower running that forty yard dash a little bit slower this week. No, uh, no, that's that's for sure, and I think that happens regardless of when the season comes to a close. You yeah, kind you're of naturally kind of done. No defeated. matter what. But I mean, I've been disappointed a lot in my life, so I feel like it's really well prepared me to handle the disappointment that comes with the end of the NFL season for 31 teams, right? There's only one team that doesn't feel this way. And I also keep thinking back to 12 months ago, how did we feel at the end of last season And how much different do we feel now? Yes, of course, the result of Saturday night stings. And you hate it because you came so close. You had opportunities to win it late, weren't able to close it out. But my gosh, when you look at so many things that unfolded over the course of this season and how much you got from this group, what Shane was able to get from this group, despite all the adversity that they went through. And now you think about you have an entire offseason for Shane to work with this group. Of course, they're going to have time off. You're going to have time away, but you're going to be able to pick up right where you left off. There's not this period of necessarily having to build an entirely new staff, right? It's not going to be, yeah. you know, going into the combine. Shane's not worried about doing all of these interviews, you know, and to the same degree that he was and yeah. figuring out who your quarterback is going to be next season. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor's contract situation, none of that is looming out there. Certainly there are free agency conversations to be had and all of those things that come with the inevitable conclusion of a season when you know that the roster is going to change and different things like that. But I just think about how exciting of a situation it is now that, you know, Anthony Richardson has been back in the building for a while, rehabbing, coming back off of this, the surgery. He's now going to have all of this time to continue the progress that he's made, studying, learning behind Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. and what Shane has done. Now you think about that tandem with Jonathan Taylor. You think about the leap the offensive line took in 2023 from where they were in 2022. And then you have, you know, of course, the defense, the sack record. I mean, another career year for Zaire Franklin, the year that DeForest Buckner had. We go on and on. So more than anything, it's, okay, is it September already for me? (laughs) No, that's just it. I mean, that's what I I mean. All great points by you, by the way. Mm -hmm. But, Bill, I think that's 
what's most disappointing is that we're just chomping. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but you're just chomping at the bit for more football from this team. And to Lara's point, you're going to have to wait a long time, nine months thereabouts, before we get back on the field and start to see games that count in the ledger and the regular season. So a lot to deal with today. We're talking about the disappointment of that loss to the Houston Texans. We're putting the season into perspective. Lara already did a really good job of that to kick things off. Mm-hmm. And we're also discussing where the Colts can build, how, how they can build upon this past season going into 2024 and some of the major storylines that lie ahead and what inevitably is going to be a very busy offseason for the Colts that just started. We're like, what, 48 hours in? You know, you finished 9-8, and eight, you failed to make the playoffs for the third straight year, Bill. And to me, that loss was just magnified less than 24 hours yes. later. It was played on Saturday, then twenty less than 24 hours later on Sunday. You know, the, the, the greatest scenario that could have happened to either one of these teams, Colts and Texans, ended up coming to fruition for Houston with them beating the Colts and then the next day the Jaguars getting beat, you know, in Nashville and thus Houston wins the division. So for the last five or six weeks, all we did naturally was watch the playoff standings, see the jockeying, see the moving and, uh, you know, up, uh, up and down nature of, of, you know, one win, one loss week to week and how that affected the playoff standings. And Houston up until week 18 was stiff-armed by the Colts. You know, the, the Colts just gave him a big old Rod Woodson stiff arm <laughs> up until that last game of the season. And Jacksonville had a commanding lead over everybody. I mean, Jacksonville was 8-3. and three. Exactly. All they had to do was win one or two games, you know, the, the remainder of their season, and they would have won the We're AFC South. We're familiar with South that position. By, <laughs> no doubt. They would have won by a landslide. So I, I guess, Bill, you know, Larry kind of already talked about it, but, but where are you a few days later? How disappointed are you? Uh, how slow were you to get out of bed the next day, <laughs> considering all that was on the line in that game? It, it, was, it took a, a lot for me to get out of bed the next day. I was disappointed. Still am disappointed. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm disappointed is because, as you know, in the National Football League, you don't have many opportunities to get into the playoffs. You definitely don't have many opportunities to win a division. And the Colts had that right in their hand, yeah. at home, uh, nonetheless. Yeah. And unfortunately, could not get the job done against Houston. And then you talked about what – Jacksonville didn't do uh, the next day. Right. They lost, and then you would have the division in your hand, and you had a home game, a home playoff game here in Indianapolis. So that's a disappointing, disappointing thing to me is that you had the opportunity to get in the playoffs. You didn't get in the playoffs, and unfortunately you had the opportunity to win a division. That's one of your goals when you start the season. Going into next year, 2024, one of their goals is to win a division. That's the first thing you want to do so you can get a playoff game at home. Yeah. And the Colts had that in 2023 and unfortunately didn't get it done. Yeah, I'm just disappointed for all of the reasons you guys mentioned. But I'm also disappointed, too, because not that it's an opportunity wasted. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I want to make sure I say the right thing is in, in terms of that. But what, a, what an unbelievable and Larry, no one knows this better than you because you were in the, the tornado of it. <laughs> but what an atmosphere oh, at Lucas yes. Oil Stadium. I, I'm disappointed that the fans didn't get the payoff because, man, they were absolutely electric. And I'm wearing headphones trying to describe the action. I'm being serious. Like, I can barely hear myself. Yeah. Legitimately can't, can't hear myself think at times trying to describe that game. It was just – I'm just disappointed for Colts Nation for the buy-in 
and, and, and them doing their part in that game on Saturday. And Matt, you've been around this team for a long time. Yeah. And I remember, and we have so many conversations not over broadcast that we have in between breaks. So I'm not sure if you said this on the radio broadcast or if this was in one of our conversations <laughs> in between. But you said, I'm not sure I have ever heard it like that. I think I said it on the air, but yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was. It's been I, a and, long time. and you think about the environments that, that you've experienced. Like, this was on par with, I mean, some of those the, games. The, the, the Kansas, Kansas City, City playoff, playoff game. game, the comeback down yep. 28 points, um, the Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning game, you know, Manning's return in 2013. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mathis's sack was like a volcano. I think this is, at, at the very least, right up there with all of those things, maybe subjectively maybe it surpassed that considering just how much this fan base wanted to see the Colts get over the hump and get in the playoffs for the first time since 2020 but more importantly have a chance to win the division for the first time since 2014. Okay two things to that point right there did you hear CJ Stroud yesterday on Pat McAfee's show? Yes I saw it yes. He said that it was Lucas Oil Stadium the loudest NFL environment he has played in. Now, of course, he plans to play in Nashville and Jacksonville, too, which aren't necessarily raucous atmospheres, typically, right? We need to compare it to, like, (laughs) the dome. Um, But but I think that's huge, right, when you hear that. And then just this morning, um, Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle was talking about the incredible season for the Colts and how much admiration he has for Shane and what he's built and how much excitement there was, you know, surrounding within the fan base over mm-hmm. the course of this season. So you feel like too, I think that a few of those things like that I've started to hear over the last maybe 48 hours have helped me in my, my coping phase. Well, that's what now. it is. Like we're you all know? on the doctor's chair, right? We're on the <laughs> yeah. couch, the therapist's yeah. couch. But I think that those are like very cool well, testaments yeah. to how special this season was. And, and, I think and, you're exactly right. it actually right. started in Touchdown Town. Mm-hmm. The fans there were excited. I mean, a lot of energy in Touchdown Town and just carried right over to the game in the Lucas Oil Stadium. And as you said, Matt, the fans to me were tremendous during the game. A couple of those penalties that I oh, attributed totally, to, oh, totally attributed totally to the fans to as far as the false starts on the Houston Texans. Definitely attributed those to the fans, and the, the fans did a great job of, of making it raucous out there and making a lot of noise. Yeah, I'm really not trying to pour salt in the wound, but this this is the thing that always jumps out to me this time of year, especially when you don't make the playoffs. It should give you hope, but it should also at the same time, it should give you a level of concern because this league is built upon parity. Yes. And year to year, you see it every mm-hmm. single year where teams are able to bounce back. And so it speaks to what you talked about at the beginning. When you have a chance to make the playoffs, when you have a chance to seize an opportunity, you got to do it because the NFL stands for not for long. Nothing's guaranteed just because you're bringing Anthony Richardson back, just because Shane Steichen's coming back and Jonathan Taylor's under contract, to your point, doesn't mean you're just all of a sudden yeah. going to hit the easy button in 2024 and you're going to automatically make the playoffs because since 1990, 34 straight seasons, at least four teams have qualified for the playoffs in every season that were not in the postseason the year before. So parity is king. This year, (laughs) six teams made the playoffs that did not in 2022. So again, you had a chance. And I think that's what's disappointing is because no one on the outside looking in, the national pundits at the beginning of the season back in August, everybody looked at the Colts roster. They looked at the Jonathan Taylor stuff and they said, this Colts team has no chance to compete. It can't be a wild card team. They're going to win four or five games. Mm -hmm. That's the narrative that you heard. And 
it's just a it's just a big flat bummer. It's a disappointment that you couldn't make the playoffs when you had a chance to. Because you look at the the AFC. I mean, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The Bills aren't going anywhere. Dolphins with Tua aren't going anywhere. The Steelers continue to ascend. Yep. Uh, I mean, the every Ravens. year, Mike, Mike Tomlin never has a losing season. The Ravens, and then the Bengals are coming back yeah. with Joe Burrow. So it, it's just going to be. It's it's not impossible, obviously, next year to make the playoffs. There is so much hope and so much optimism surrounding this team. My point is is just to again singularly focus on 2023. What a Man, what a bummer that was because you had a chance to do something special with a young roster that was going to get the benefit layer of playing mm-hmm. in a playoff game with so many young guys yes. getting that experience oh, for the first no, time. Oh, no, that's, that's such a good point. And I think, you know, I look at two, obviously there's a heavy emphasis because of the opportunity you had on Saturday night. But then I started to go back too, and I was like, man, though, when you played Cleveland at home, the missed opportunity it was then when you play Jacksonville twice and, you know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, getting swept by Jacksonville, unfortunately put you in a bad position where you were kind of crawling out of a hole from that regard, from like the division standpoint yeah. there. I didn't even Since, mention Houston. They're not going anywhere with Stroud. Right. Exactly. Jacksonville's not going <laughs> right. anywhere. They're going to bounce back. So, yeah. um, you know, the Cincinnati game, like I'm kind of like going through like these, these different scenarios and, uh, and just all of these positions in which you had so many opportunities to help yourself not get to right. where that was. Right. You know, everyone's the Rams really, game, the Rams game, Cleveland exactly. Game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Cleveland game is the big one yeah. to me because mm-hmm. of the way it ended. And we don't need to rehash this. <laughs> we all know. Um, but to me, I'm just like, crap, like that really could have turned the tide sooner, flipped this an entirely different situation. And then, you know, the other thing that was so tough on Saturday night was from my perspective where I'm on the sidelines and I am giving you all these injury updates that are going on. Will Mallory gets ruled out. Yep. Juju Prince gets ruled out. That was critical because of the Nico Collins matchup. Mm, and, yep. you know, you were already thin at secondary and had mm. been the entirety of the season. Juju fought so hard to get back to play in that game. Then you lose Braden Smith. And that was significant as well. Fourth quarter, you're wondering if Jonathan Taylor is going to be available. Yeah, yeah. So that is so part of this for me is I'm sitting here. I'm like, how are we even in this right now? Like I'm looking around at, you know, who's suiting up next? Who do we have? Right. Like, yeah. because of the situation that, that you were in. So that was another thing for me is, I mean, it was to some ways miraculous. And then I, I wondered too, had you gotten that home playoff game and, you know, everything would have sorted itself out, but how many of those guys were going to be available? Would Juju Brent's been able to play? Would Brain Smith been available to play? Yeah. Is that something, whatever Jonathan's situation is with the ankle? You know, obviously he finished the game, but could he have played six, seven days later that right, way? Right, Yeah. Yeah, because the Texans are playing on Saturday. So exactly. That's a really good point. You, you brought up late game um, situations. Just throwing it out there, all right? I know it's been talked about on Sports Talk Radio. It's certainly a topic of discussion at the water cooler. Uh, Bill, the floor is yours. Your thoughts on the, on the fourth and one call. Everybody's seen, yeah. you know, seemingly been weighing in on it. Um, Right call. What do you think of what did you make of Shane Steichen's? Uh, obviously, he was he was poked and prodded after the yeah. game. Same thing in his uh, end of the season press conference that happened on Monday. Just your thoughts on on his reflection of the play, you know, 48 hours later. Well, for me, as far as the play, right play call. I don't have any problem with the play being called. The bottom line is just didn't execute it. Yeah, didn't execute it. Goodson was open. Mm-hmm. The pass could have been a little bit better. Goodson got his hands on it. Goodson 
you know, should have caught it. Right. Goodson catches it and falls down, first down, four more downs, never know what's going to happen after that. So I don't have any problem with that. And like anything else, the plays that work, no one would have said anything about that the next Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it didn't work, so people are going to question it and question Shane about it. And I thought Shane handled it well, and what Shane said was, look, I have faith in these guys. We put them out there to make plays, and I really believe in them, yeah. and the players believe in Shane. Otherwise, why is he on the team? Exactly. Right. If, if Shane didn't believe him, he wouldn't have put him out there. Right. Okay? And they worked on that play. He yeah. was the guy that they uh, ran the play in practice and practice, so he put him out there. Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't work out, so I'm – I'm fine with the play. I'm fine with the personnel and don't have any problem with it. And think about how incredibly Tyler Goodson played in that Pittsburgh game, too, where he stepped in in that situation yeah. and was he, he earned the level of trust in and a exactly. big game. Here's right? one thing, like, you look back to earlier in the game when Gardner again had Tyler Goodson open, open and threw him wide. Yes. And it was way out of reach. There's no way he could have made it. Exactly. I wonder how maybe that impacted because the throw from Gardner – Obviously, like, hit him in the hands, but it wasn't completely on target. Exactly. It, the throw could have been better, and you just wonder if that previous play was living in his mind because, hey, it had that play earlier to Goodson worked, that would have been a touchdown early on, and you never would have been in this situation with two minutes to go. Yeah, exactly. And yesterday was locker clean-out day. Yesterday being, what is today, Tuesday? Gosh, I don't even remember. We, <laughs> we played on Saturday, so that's throwing me all off. Exactly. I felt like that was an episode of a Twilight Zone because it was a, a also, rare primetime like game. Monday the holidays have thrown everything off, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just, it's just been a different, like say, a Saturday game threw me off. It yeah. really threw me off. Absolutely. So this is Tuesday as we're taping this. Shane Steichen and players spoke uh, to reporters for the final time on Monday. Lock it's it's always one of the most eerie, depressing, um, surreal moments of a football season. If and you cover it, and Bill, there's nobody that knows this better than you. I mean, I'm always just I ask this question every year to the guys because I'm always fascinated by their answer. But you pour your heart, your soul, your time. All your effort, it's your job. You mean your blood, sweat, and tears go into this twenty four seven, and then boom, it's just over. It's just done. How do you guys deal with that? It's hard to deal with it. It's hard to deal with because usually every day, you know, win or lose, you're coming back in the next day, you're mm-hmm. getting treatment, you're watching film, you're getting ready for the next week. So you're, you have something all the time. You're just going through this routine that you go through every day, every day. And then all of a sudden, it ends. It's just not there. Yeah, you're just like going off a cliff. It yeah. just falls straight down and it's over. Yeah. Very difficult to deal with. Difficult knowing that you're not going to be around your teammates Mm-hmm. Again, for a while, knowing that you guys aren't going out there to battle, to win a game, to compete. You're not out there lifting weights together. You're not out there going through practices and, and getting ready for another game. It's very difficult and it just ends. And then all the things that you had set for as a goal that season is gone. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you don't make the playoffs. You don't win a division. And just don't play anymore. You just left to deal with it. Yes, and it's, it's very difficult to deal with, and it's, it takes some time. It takes some time to get over it. Now, yeah, the guys will get over it, and they'll eventually you know, go away and go on vacation and, and get away for a while, but it doesn't, they don't, it doesn't get out of their mind while they're on vacation because no. there are a lot of times when we made the playoffs and it was over, you still think about it. You still sure. think about it for weeks and months, and actually, until you get back to – Training. That's and the again, only thing yeah, that helps, yeah, right? Yeah, get back to training and start working out again and get around the guys again and yeah. kind of feel that same camaraderie and, and everything. And then all of a sudden you start feeling, okay, let's get back into it. Let's go. Let's go. We, we got to get, we got to improve from what we did last year. And that's how I was feeling. But it is tough the first couple of days. Yeah. I'll say going in on Monday to the locker room, though, 
was to me, I welcomed because having to go in to the locker room at Lucas Oil Stadium Saturday night mm. and the somberness, the emotion that we saw Saturday night because of the immediacy of it all mm-hmm. and going in and having to ask the guys those questions then. And they're such professionals. Yeah. I say this over and over, not just because I work here, but it's truly because of the character of the guys. Like, the fact that they still will talk to you, they know it's part of the job. It's so hard. They respect that we have a job to do. We've got to go and ask the questions. But, you know, when I go up to Jonathan Taylor and I see Zaire Franklin, you know, the absolute warrior of a human being that he is, you know, he is sitting there looking completely defeated. And, you know, he's surrounded by his teammates. And you see how emotional these guys are. And you have to ask about it. It's so hard. Like, it's part of the job, right? But you also see these guys day in and day out, and you, you know, see their families there on game day, and you know what they're feeling yeah. in that moment. So then come Monday, having almost that time Sunday to decompress. So I felt a little bit better going in on Monday um, when we did go in the locker room. And you had a little bit more time when you weren't just focused on the result of this season. You felt like guys were ready to talk, certainly – you know, of course, you're addressing the finality of the season, but you're also talking a little bit more big picture. They're talking about their offseason plans, their individual goals, their optimism because of everything that they achieved. So I actually felt a little bit better coming out of the locker room, even mm-hmm. because of those conversations. And we had a lot of them with a mm-hmm. lot of different guys, guys who are free agents, guys who are expected to come back, everything. So it, it did, it, at the end of the day, left me on just a really optimistic closure. and excited. Yeah, yeah, closure. Yeah, closure. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's like a relationship. A lot of ups, a <laughs> lot of downs, <laughs> some close close calls, right? And that's that's what this season was for the Colts. You need closure. And, and I think you're right. I think the locker room and Shane Steichen's press conference offered that ability to kind of all right, let's let's put a period here at the end of the sentence. We would have liked to have an exclamation point to get yes. in the playoffs, but you know, it is what it is, as the kids say. Let's talk <laughs> about the perspective of things though. Again, we talked about it. The Colts were nine and eight. They had a winning season. All right. Shane Steichen is the fifth straight Colts head coach to have a winning record in his first year after, again, many across the nation pegged the Colts to be a bottom feeder in 2023. Same with the Houston Texans. So give them credit under first year head coach D'Amico Ryans and a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. But from the sounds of it, uh, Shane Steichen is not planning to make any major changes to his coaching staff. Now, we'll see, right? That doesn't mean anything. It just means, right. you know, he's making these comments, you know, 24 hours after the season comes to a close. So you have to kind of take that into consideration here. Um, but, you know, when he was asked about, you know, how he feels about the early stages of the offseason and, um, you know, making some potential changes, he says, hey, I'm a big believer in continuity. I'll say that. But again, that that doesn't open the door or shut the door. It just means, you know, I I like the guys that we have. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be evaluated. In fact, he's probably going to talk to the coaches this week, if not today. Um, So with that in mind, Bill, how much is there to build on? Foundationally, how much of the groundwork was laid in 2023 under Shane Steichen? And how much did you like? I think a lot was laid. I mean, I think when Shane came in, there was some excitement. Um, from Sham coming in and what he's about to bring here to this team. And to me, what he brought to to this team is a team that is going to be resilient, a team that's going to go out there and fight every every game, every week. And what I also like about outside of the schematics, the the X's and O's, is he brought, brought accountability. Mm-hmm. accountability to the locker room, accountability to their preparation, that that was going to be one of the most important things for this team, that 
how you play is going is to be de- determined on how you prepare. And he wants those guys to prepare very well, very hard, and that's what it's all about. You prepare out there for the game, no matter what is going on, no matter who, who, out, who is in or who is out of the, uh, on the team who's injured or not. Right. We want you guys to go to prepare hard, and that's what I like about it. So going out there, the guys have faith in Shane. Shane has faith in the players. And I like the accountability part that, hey, you know what? If you want to be on this team, you have to prepare well, practice well, and go out there and play hard and play well. No matter who else is out there, yeah. I don't care who is, that's what you want. And that's what I like about Shane as far as that and in the, in, in the uh, locker room. You know, foundationally, Lara, I mean, all those things are true. And I think they were manifested. Those things showed up late in games. The, the, the Colts yeah. this year, I mean, this is a fourth quarter league. I mean, I've said this. I am a broken record when it comes to this. <laughs> fourth quarter, last four minutes, which team can make more plays in crunch time? I'm a huge believer in that. Red zone, all that stuff. But that's where the Colts, in my opinion, were so much better this year than last year is their confidence, their belief, and their preparation that was instilled in them by Shane Steichen to be successful in those moments. I mean, despite the loss last week, the Colts were 6-3 and three this year in one-score games. That's a huge reason for their success. I'm going to point to two different instances that I think perfectly highlight that. Give me the game at Baltimore and give me the game at Nashville. Those mm-hmm. two situations, mm-hmm. to me, I think highlight everything about. That. Also, are we serious? We're talking about, like, think about this, too. This team beat the Baltimore Ravens, who appear to be a juggernaut yeah. in the AFC right now, yeah. right? Absolutely. So, like, you got to look at that and be like, okay, like, this, we're doing something right. And the, the, but in terms of late game execution, I think those are two of them that really, to me, highlight the magnitude to which you improved the upgrade that you made in 2023. Just and you could look at other situations too, but specifically those two. You know, crunch guy, crunch. You know, time critical situations. The guys that stepped up. The yeah, you, you know, you've got Pitt, but in Baltimore defensively, you were incredible yeah. late in Tennessee. It was Alec Pierce yes. who had such an important emergence this season. He had breakout games that were so needed for his confidence and his growth to continue. So, yeah, those are the two for me that I think kind of yeah. really do spotlight the significant improvements and the strides that were made, specifically Indeed. fourth quarter. Now, well said right there. Well mm-hmm. said. Yep. All right, to close out, let's talk about the offseason. Again, we're in the infancy of it. It's it's January. January, right? The, yeah, but before you know it, we're going to be at the combine. That's it. I mean, that's it. And, that, you know. the, the, the NFL offseason is hilarious. There is no offseason. There is no offseason because we have the playoffs, which is kind of downtime if you don't make the postseason, unfortunately. But as soon as the Super Bowl is over, like two weeks later, you got the combine. Then two weeks after that is free agency. So just wait, folks, because your timeline is still going to be. in yeah. there. You Off-season got workout program. You're going to be yep. peppered yep. with uh, notifications <laughs> from every angle when it comes to football. Oh, so Speaking of that, Colt's going to pick 15th right now. That's right. Yes, right, right, now. Now. right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. In parentheses, for now. Yeah. Right? Exactly. You, and can't wait you to hear know. what Chris Ballard has to say about that when he has his season-ending presser. You know he'll be asked. Yeah, Just which, put it in pencil. Yeah. Just never know. Exactly. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. To, to be continued here. All right. So, again, the offseason just started. Let's talk about the juicy storylines. And I don't. we don't have to talk about all of them because we're going to talk, obviously, in depth about all of this stuff you know, in due time throughout the course of the offseason. But 
but but Bill, which storyline are you most uh, interested in following uh, as these things continue to evolve? We got Michael Pittman Jr.'s free agency and his potential future with the Colts. Right, he just got done with his rookie contract. Uh, you got a, a juicy free agent class in general yes. that includes Pittman, but also Gardner Minshew and Zach Moss and Grover Stewart and Kenny Moore and Julian Blackman, just to name a few. I think there's 14 <laughs> unrestricted free agents uh, within this group going into to March in the new league year there. Uh, you got Anthony Richardson's path to uh, come back healthy and you know when does he come back what does he look like in the offseason workout program when this team gets back together in April and then as Lara said you got the upcoming draft uh, in April that sees the Colts picking kind of halfway through the first round so in terms of juice which one are you most excited to, to follow the one that has me excited is Anthony Richardson all right. He gave he gave, he gave us a taste of what he can do out there in the Doesn't football field. Doesn't it seem field. like so long? It does ago that feel he like a long time ago. It it, it feels that's why like the season years. feels like three years exactly. in and of itself. It's like years. So, but he gave us a taste of what he can do out there in the football field, and I think another off season, well, I should say, a off season with Shane Steichen after he gets healthy um, into the playbook, yeah. going out there having an opportunity, if you can get out there on the football field and practice and learn and, and do some things, I'm just excited to hear and see what he can do out there in the football field because the man is so talented. Yeah. He is so talented. The arrow is pointing up. As Way they say. up for yeah. him, yes, yeah. definitely so. So that's that's what I'm excited about. And, and just a little bit of a sidebar. And that, that was, you know, from a fan perspective – you know, there's going to be so many wars between the Colts and the Texans. Ugh. Can you imagine the next eight, nine years, potentially, you got C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, yeah. and then there's no reason to think that these head coaches won't be there for a long time, too, and Steichen and, and Ryans. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, it's you know, gonna it's, it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds with, you know, Jacksonville. They made yes. some moves today sure. already on their coaching staff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation surrounding is Trevor Lawrence, the guy from the national perspective. Trevor Lawrence is a dang good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, very like, good. Battling that guy, I mean, is he, I mean, he's battling through injuries, has. He was held together by duct tape uh, at the end of the season. Seriously. And right? then, you know, it's intriguing to see what happens in Tennessee. Man, Levis flashed when you saw him in Nashville. Yeah. He was impressive in some of the things that he was able to do. Now, interesting that they've departed from. Mike Vrabel. So what is that future going to look like there? A lot of people around this organization, I know, have a lot of admiration for their general manager down there, of course, yes. right? Very familiar to, to yeah. those in the Colts organization. So tons of intrigue among yeah. this division. You think about one that was, you know, so many people cast off as kind of being irrelevant <laughs> for so long and now looks to be one of the more exciting divisions in football, yes. for sure, with all of the young talent that there is. Yeah. Surrounding the juicy storylines, agree with Bill, like wholeheartedly, man. I mean, we are all going to be so ready once OTAs roll around and you're actually able to see Anthony on the field and, you know, starting to see more of that development. And then kind of secondary to that, though, just to kind of piggyback on, I this whole free agency conversation is significant because, per usual, the Colts have a lot of money, you know, in uh, free agency, just cap space and yeah. things, mm -hmm. you know, to work with. So in addition to those in-house free agents that they explore – what else is out, out there? Is this the season that we see the Colts be a little bit more aggressive? Do they go make some of those bigger moves? I mean, kind of thinking back to last year, the your two big offseason moves were the signing of Matt Gay and Samson Ebicom, correct? Like, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so the, that. that's what you did last year. What are you doing 
this offseason, you know, to right. help supplement in particular maybe some of the offense. You know, are you do you need more weapons in mm-hmm. this offense? Or if it's not Pittman, you know, he mentioned he wants to see what's out there. He's going to do his due diligence. And right? by the way, don't the, freak out over that comment. Right? <laughs> no. I mean, that's what free agents do. That's, that's what they should do. That's, that's what, what agents right? do. That's, that's what, what Bill what Brooks did. Are, exactly. And that's why it's called free agency. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought Pitt was phenomenal. Um, and just one thing, too, to follow up with Michael Pittman Jr. Your face, by the way. Free agency. That's classic. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt We're going to push in on that in post. Um, I just want to follow back or follow up back to Michael really quickly because I don't know if a lot of people recognize this or saw it on Twitter or not, but he was awarded the Media Good Guy Award by the Pro Football Writers Association. So that is where the, the local beat writers and reporters get together and they recognize a guy who has helped them do their jobs, who has gone above and beyond to be candid, be open, be accessible. And Michael was recognized this year. It was Zaire Franklin last year, Michael this year. And I mean, the growth of Michael Pittman over the course of his career mm-hmm. on the field and off the field. I mean, it's been incredible. I have just, it's been so fun to kind of have a, a seat right here to be able to watch it and to see him. I mean, just in addition to what you see of him, you know, as a wide receiver and as an incredible teammate and leader in that locker room, like he's now a father times two, you know, he, he's gotten married. He's, you know, he's raising a daughter and a son with his beautiful wife. And then to just be so forthcoming, he sat in the studio with us at the beginning of the season, talked about overcoming his stutter. And that was one of the big obstacles for him to be more vocal as a leader was trying to overcome that and be less self-conscious because for so much of his life, he was worried that people would judge him or make fun of him or think that he was stupid because Mm -hmm. he had that difficulty. And his openness just about that has helped so many people. And that was one of the reasons that the writers were like, this is incredible. Like what you're doing just, you know, and of course, like talking football and everything, but who you are and sharing your story and your journey on and off the field is helping a ton of people. And it's only making people even bigger fans of Michael Pittman Jr. Rightfully so. And he's embraced it to your point. He challenged himself to be, you know, more open with the media, like be more accessible, mm-hmm. do more interviews instead of hiding from yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. And, you know, putting it in your pocket, so to speak, and, and, and making sure that people don't notice it or, you know, try to mask it. Let's just put it out there in the open. Mm-hmm. That way it can't define you anymore. And you mm-hmm. can't be afraid of it because I'm no longer uh, self-conscious about it. That it's, it's tremendously well said by you and great job by Michael Pittman yes. Jr. So, yeah, so tip of the cap of that recognition. Indeed. So. so guys, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate you guys, at least for me, letting me sit on your couch and go through this therapy session. Yeah. Build, the, build the insurance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's covered. Uh, met, I don't think I've met my deductible for the here. year, but we got a long way to go here on January, whatever. But uh, next time, you know, same time, same channel next week. All right. Yeah. Don't forget the, the podcast continues all off season long. We'll have some fun stuff coming to you as right. well to satiate the year long appetite <laughs> of Indianapolis Colts football. Stay hungry. Sign friends. her up. Yes. Yes. The vocabulary class that Larry Overton will be teaching all off season long to satiate your needs for this Colts football team. Also, too, we're going down from uh, two podcasts to one. So we're back to our weekly, you know, Tuesday edition of the official Colts podcast brought to you by Win Las Vegas. My thanks to Sherry behind the camera on the ones and twos. Thank you very much, Sherry. You are a pleasure as always. And uh, again, we'll do it every single week 
all year long talking about this team. We'll get you through the offseason, and we cannot wait. It's an honor and a privilege to be talking to, uh, to you about this team uh, 24-7, 365 here on the Colts Audio Network and on YouTube. For Bill Brooks, Lair Overton, I'm Matt Taylor. So long, everybody. Enjoy playoff football, and we'll talk Colts football next week, next Tuesday on the official Colts podcast.